Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, good morning, Restoration Church. Uh, excited to continue in our uh, series called I Am. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at the I Am statement of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And today, we're going to be looking at Jesus's sixth I Am statement. So if uh, you have your Bibles, actually, I'd encourage you to have your Bibles with you and turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. Verses 1 through 6, we're going to be looking uh, here in the Gospel of John. Uh, and as you turn there, let me let me uh, give you some context of what's going on going on. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, It is the night before his crucifixion. He's having an intimate meal with them. Uh, And and a couple of things happen in this meal. Uh, Jesus, he begins to uh, wash his disciples' feet as an act of service. Uh, Not only that, but he also calls out Judas. Uh, He calls him out uh, because he knows that Judas is going to betray him. Um, And so that must have been a little awkward there. Uh, Not only that, but Jesus tells his disciples who he's spent so much time with that he is uh, not going to be with them anymore, that he is not going to uh, be with them, but he is going to a place uh, far from them. And so, uh, you know, he uh, he tells them, hey, you, wherever I'm going, you cannot come. And so they're just like, what's going on? Uh, and not only that, in that dinner, uh, in that meal, uh, Jesus tells Peter uh, that he is going to uh, deny him three times. Time. So there's a lot of, of um, interesting things happening in this meal and it, in this dinner. Uh, and so with that, let's just read John chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. Again, Jesus is with his disciples. He's having this intimate meal. Uh, and this is what, uh, uh, what happens next after those situations. He says this. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Verse 5, Thomas says, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know uh, the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Before we continue, let's just take a moment to pray and ask God that he would speak to us uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus' I am statements. They've revealed so much about who he is. They've revealed so much about our needs uh, as people, as a humanity. And they've revealed uh, how Jesus meets those needs exactly and perfectly. And so, God, I just pray right now that you would work in our hearts, that you would work in our lives through the power of the Spirit. God, that you would soften our hearts for the word that is going to come forth here, God. 
may it be your words and not mine. May you speak through me, God. God, I pray that you would challenge us in those areas where we really need to be challenged. God, comfort us in those areas where we need comfort, God, and encourage us in those areas in our life where we need to be encouraged. God, we want to stay true to your word. We want to be rooted in your word, God. Speak to us powerfully through this text this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Do all religions lead to God? Do all paths lead to heaven? Those are some big, big questions um, that, uh, that we all think about, or we've probably thought about at one point in our lives. Do all paths lead to God? Do all religions lead to heaven? Uh, so I did some research, um, and what I found was that there is a lot of confusion about uh, who gets to heaven and uh, how one gets to heaven, how people get to God and how uh, one gets to God. Uh, for example, in 2007, the um, Pew Research Center reported that among Americans who claim to be religious, seven out of 10 believe that many religions can lead to eternal life. Seven out of 10 while less than 25% saying that there is the one true faith that leads to eternal life. The Roman Catholic Church, uh, they believe that if a person is sincere about seeking God and they try to uh, do God's will, they try their best with their own strength, to follow after God, to keep the commandments without responding to the message of the gospel, as long as they are sincere, then they could uh, achieve eternal life. There are some uh, who believe that Jesus' death and resurrection are essential to a person's salvation. However, a person can be saved through other mediators or religions. And in other words, Jesus does all the dirty work. He dies on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. Uh, and his, his, his uh, saving work is the foundation. Um, and he does all the dirty work. But then another religion or another idea, uh, they're the ones that actually provide the way to eternal life. Uh, this is interesting as well. Uh, Two-thirds of evangelicals below the age of 35 believe that a non-Christian can go to heaven. So there's a lot of confusion, it seems like, about who gets to God and how one gets to God. And I believe that a lot of that confusion stems from our confusion about who Jesus is, about who Christ is. Some people believe that Jesus was a great prophet, and that's all he was. Some people believe that Jesus was a great teacher, and that's all he was. Some people believe that Jesus was a great religious leader, and that's it. Uh, uh, only 48% of millennials believe that Jesus is actually God. Uh, so that's that gives us an idea of uh, this up and coming generation, their view uh, on God. Uh, the forty only forty eight percent of them actually believe that He is God. 
And so if we get Jesus wrong, I believe that we get everything else wrong. If we get Jesus wrong, we get everything else wrong. That includes how one gets to God and who gets to God. So what I want to do today is I want to look at Jesus's sixth I am statement. And this statement is going to reveal who Jesus is so that we can really understand how and who gets to heaven, uh, how and who gets to God. Uh, So if you're taking notes, I have four observations and four points uh, in this verse. We're going to really focus our attention in John chapter 14, verse 6 in his I am statement. The first thing is this, uh, that Jesus is the way. And we see that simple observation in the passage that Jesus is the way. So what what does Jesus mean when he says that he is the way? Uh, He means that he is the way or the path to the Father. Jesus is the way or the path to the Father. A way or a path or a road usually leads from point A to point B. And that's what Jesus has done for you and I. That's what Jesus has done uh, for humanity. Uh, We were once separated from God. Now, through Jesus, we are reconciled to God. We were once living in darkness, uh, but because of Christ, we now Uh, live in the light. We were once slave to sin and death and Satan, and now we have freedom through Jesus. We were once uh, orphans, but because of Christ, we are now adopted as children into the family of God. At one point, we were lost, but because of Christ, we are found. Uh, At one point, we were under the wrath of God, uh, but Jesus made a way to, to give us access to the Father so that He could welcome us into His presence. So Jesus is the way to God. He's the path to God. Uh, A couple of months ago, my friend and I, uh, we decided to go fishing. And uh, we decided to go fishing up at Payson. And so before we left on our fishing trip, uh, we wanted to really... um, uh, go to a new area that we haven't gone before. And so what I did is I'm, I'm a planner. So I got my phone out and I got on, on the ma- my maps app. And so I started to really see uh, what new areas we could fish at. And, and so I, what I started to do is I started to pin drop um, a lot of different spots for us to fish. Uh, and so we were very excited. I had all these spots. I had it all planned out. We were ready to go. We are ready to slay some trout. And, and so we finally get to uh, pace and we're out in the mountains. It's beautiful. Um, and then we started taking this one route that I really wanted to, to go on. And I, I had the pin drop there. So it was pretty easy to to get there. Uh, and so when, when we got there, um, uh, I did not realize how steep the climb down was to the lake. Just an FYI really quick, if you go on uh, Google Maps or anything and you hit the 3D thing, it's not to scale. (laughs) It's not to scale. It was steep. It was a steep way down to the lake. But we said, you know what? We're already here. We're going to go. So, I mean, it was actually pretty scary. Good thing I had some good shoes on. So, we make it all the way to the lake. 
And um, of course, of course, you know, uh, we slayed trout. Like we were just slaying trout, like nothing, catching trout. We didn't catch one fish. Like we didn't get, it was terrible, right? And the whole time we were fishing, we were thinking about the climb back up. And so finally we, we didn't have any luck. And so we packed all of our gear and we started to make our way back to the pin drop. And so I had my phone and I'm just following this, this pin drop and we're hiking and then we're hiking and it's getting steep. And I'm no joke. I am huffing. I'm puffing. It's steep. I'm starting to see some areas that I didn't see before. And so we're just climbing and climbing. We're exhausted. We're taking breaks. And finally we arrive to the pin drop. And I look around, and our car's not there. <laughs> our car is not there because I led us to the wrong pin drop. I led us to the wrong pin drop. The whole time, I was convinced we were going the right way. And no, we didn't. I started laughing because there's no other thing to do. Uh, my buddy, he was so exhausted, he couldn't even laugh. That's how tired it, tiring it was. So we had two options. Option number one was to go around the long way. It's going to take us forever to uh, go to the car. Or we, we could hike back down and then hike back up to our car. And so what did we do? We had to hike back down. I'm talking about going back down with all our gear and then hiking back up all the way to the car. Man, it was brutal. By the grace of God, I am here today. But I was so convinced we were on the right path only to arrive at the end and I was totally wrong. I have a question for you today. Are you on the right path? Are you on the right path? My fear for you today is that you are so convinced that you are on the right path only to get to the end one day and realize that you're completely wrong. That's my fear for you. My hope is that you would be on the right path. Are you on the right path? What path are you on? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Maybe you're on the path of rules. What is the path of rules? The path of rules is trying to earn our way to God, trying to earn our way to heaven by good deeds. I'm a good person. I don't steal. I don't kill. Uh, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, I, I'm a good person. I give to the homeless. You know, uh, I, I'm not like those people that are locked up in jail. I'm not committing any crimes. Uh, and so we think that our good deeds can get us closer to God. You know, how, how do you know if you're on that path, how do you know when you've, when you've acquired enough good deeds to earn your way to heaven? I mean, a hundred good deeds, uh, 500, 
a thousand good deeds. I, how can you have that assurance that you have enough good deeds and that you're a good enough person to earn your way to God? Or is it just one of those things where like, I'm just going to try my best and it kind of wish me luck to whenever I see God on those pearly white gates that he's going to let me in? Are you on that path? I'm a good person. I, I have good deeds. You see, here's the thing. No amount of good deeds can earn your way to heaven, but only the good news of Jesus Christ can earn your way to heaven. He already earned your way to the Father. No amount of good deeds. You can never be a good enough person apart from Christ to earn your way to heaven. Maybe you're on the path of religion, and it's not so much about being a good person, but maybe you're on the, on the path of religion. You go to church, you join a small group, uh, you give to the church, um, you uh, you go to church activities, you, you pray for your food, you, you post Bible verses on social media, you have a bumper sticker, uh, a cross bumper sticker on your car. And that you think that by going to church and by doing those things, you're going to earn your way to God. Listen, listen closely. Just because you're convinced doesn't mean you're converted. Just because you're convinced that you should go to church, just because you're convinced that believing in Jesus is the right thing to do. Just because you're convinced that you should participate in church doesn't mean that you're converted. It doesn't mean that. Uh, when we are converted, there is a transformation in our lives, a radical transformation in our lives when that happens to us. You know, one of the, there's two reasons why I wake up every morning with passion and with purpose in my heart. Two reasons. Uh, there's two reasons why I basically gave up everything to plant Restoration Church. There's two reasons that drives me that I would never want to do anything else but pastor a church and pastor people and love people. Two reasons. The first is that there are people in the world out there who don't know Jesus and who are going to spend all of eternity apart from God. The second reason why I wake up every morning with a purpose is because there are people in our church and churches around the country and around the world who believe that they are going to God, but are really not. And, and that is painful to me. People that sit at church every single week and have a false sense of assurance. That's what drives me. Just because you're convinced doesn't mean you're converted. I mean, this is what Jesus said 
in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 and 23, it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name dri drive out demons and in your name perform miracles and in your name go to church and small group? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. It's not about religion. It's not about checking the box. It's about the third path. Maybe you're not on the path of rules and the path of religion. Maybe you're on the path of Jesus, the way to the Father, the way to heaven. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Are you on the narrow path, the narrow road, which is Jesus Christ? I hope you are. I hope you are. I hope that's you, that you have placed your faith in Christ and in Christ alone. It's a narrow road. Jesus says only few find it. Uh, you know, it's very interesting to me because Jesus in his word says only few find it. But a study uh, found that only 0.5% of people in America believe they are going to hell. 0 0.5. 0 0.5, that's it. That doesn't add up to me. Jesus says only a few find the true path, but yet only 0.5 of people believe that they're going to hell. Jesus is the way. He is the way to the Father. He is the way to God. The second thing is this, that Jesus is the truth. Now, let me explain to you uh, something about this verse here. So, Jesus says here, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, the, the one way you could kind of uh, interpret this or uh, restructure it is that Jesus is the way, because he is the truth and the life. So because Jesus is the truth and the life, then that means that he is the way to God. So uh, the truth and the life are supportive, uh, are supporting Jesus' statement that he is the way. I just wanted to point that out. So Jesus is the truth. Why is Jesus the truth? Jesus is the truth because he proclaims and embodies the truth of God. The truth of God is found in Christ, in Christ alone. John chapter 18 verse 37 says this. He says, Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Jesus came to this world to testify about the truth, the truth about God's plan of salvation, the truth about God's plan of judgment, the truth about the Father's love and grace and compassion and mercy. Jesus came to testify about the truth of God and embodied that truth. 
So why did Jesus come to the world to proclaim and embody that truth? And the reason is, is because ever since Adam and Eve believed the lie of the enemy in the garden, our perception of reality and truth has been distorted ever since that time. We take the truth as a lie and the lie as a truth. We don't see things as they really are. We see things as we are fallen, distorted, marred by sin, and flawed. This, this is the way we see things prior to being in Christ. And only the truth of Christ can allow us to see things as they really are. Only the truth of Christ can really set us free. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32, it says this, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from guilt, free from sin, free from death, free from that flawed perception of reality. It allows you to see the truth as it really is. Jesus is the truth not a truth, not one of many truths. He is the truth. Jesus is the ultimate standard for what is true. And not only does the Father reveal this truth through the person of Christ, but he also reveals this truth in his word, in the Holy scriptures. Jesus prays to the Father in John chapter 17, verse 7, about his followers. He says this, he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Your word, your scriptures, the Bible is truth. It's not one of many truths. It is the standard of truth. It is the way that God wanted to communicate truth to you and I. There was a study out there called the State of Theology, where 60% of people believe that religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It's not objective truth. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people about a broad range of topics. And I take them to God's word and what he says about those things. And, and they're clear, yet they respond with, well, I don't know if I believe that. In my opinion, I think this, I think that. You see, Christianity is anchored in God's word, not man's opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. What matters is the truth of God revealed through Christ and in the scriptures. Knowing the truth affects our entire existence. It isn't just some type of theological information. No, it affects how we live our daily lives. It, it affects how we relate to God. It affects how we relate to other people. It affects how we relate to ourselves. It should inform our every decision. I, I love this quote by a theologian. He says this. He says, If all truth is ultimately grounded in the person of God, then every question asked 
is a question asked about a person, and every answer given is an answer received from a person. Every question about science is a question about how and why God has made and sustains the universe as he does. Every question about morality is a question about the character of God. Every question about politics and economics is a question about what it means to be made in the image of God and granted dominion over the earth. Every truth, no matter the discipline, says something about who God is and what he has done. The truth of God and the truth of scripture should impact every single area of our lives. Whenever we make a decision, whether big or small, where to go to the truth of scripture for guidance. So Jesus is the way. He is the truth. Third, Jesus is the life. The life of God is found in Christ. Jesus is the source of life. He's the fountain of life. He's the giver of eternal life. And as we saw last week, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And the reason why Jesus came to this world to be the life and to give life was because we were dead in sin. Apart from Christ, the scripture tells us that we are spiritually dead. You see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to raise dead people to life. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to raise dead people to life. There's a lot of really cool shows that my wife and I watch all the time, and we love to watch home makeover shows. Home makeover shows. I love that. And, you know, every show is pretty much the same, right? You have this really charismatic person and they found they find this beat up old house and the house is tore up there's mold and there's all kinds of stuff in there and so they come in and they demo the place and and they basically just rip it all apart and then they rebuild it brand new they put in all this work and they they rebuild this house uh, and this this home that was dead and ugly and messed up and nobody wanted wanted uh, they bring it back to life they give it a second life they give it a second chance and that's what Jesus does he brings dead people to life that's what he does uh, he gives people a chance you see you could be physically alive but spiritually dead. And only by coming to Christ in true repentance and faith can Christ infuse your dead soul with new life. This is what theologians call regeneration or the new birth, to be born again, to be made alive in Christ through his power through the Holy Spirit. And when this happens, when we repent of our sin and place uh, our faith in Jesus, who's the source of life, who makes us new, man, we, we completely become new 
creatures. We become a new creation. We have a new heart. We have a new life. We have a new purpose, a new destiny, a new affections toward Christ, a new attitude, new desires, a new mind. Because Jesus is the life. Fourth, not only is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, but Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. Uh, He says it in this verse, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. No one comes to the Father except through me me. Jesus is the only way to the Father because only Jesus fully embodied the truth of God. Only Jesus fully embodied the life of God. Only Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life. Only Jesus was crucified on a cross for the sins of humanity. Only Jesus was raised to life, defeated sin and death, and now is sitting at the right hand of the Father as our one and only mediator to God. That is why Jesus is the only way to the Father. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, for the glory of God alone. No other name, no other way. His name is Jesus. No other way to the Father. Buddha died looking for enlightenment. Yet Jesus said, I am the light. Muhammad thought of himself as a prophet. Jesus claimed divinity. Jesus is God. Confucius admitted that he sinned and that he wasn't holy. Jesus is the holy and perfect and blameless and spotless sacrificial lamb of God who knew no sin. Joseph Smith changed the truth of the Book of Mormon significantly and regularly. And Jesus says, I am the truth. There is no one like Jesus. That is why no one else can give humanity access to God but Jesus. No other name, no other way, but through Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. For those of you who are in Christ, Two things for you. One, would you show the way? Would you show the way? You know the way to the Father, and that's Jesus. 
Would you show the way? Would you tell people the way about the way? Would you tell people and correct people and lead people and guide people? Would you show the way? Would you tell other people about the good news of Jesus Christ? Show the way. There's so many people that are lost, thinking they are going the right direction, convinced entirely that they are on their way to God. But they're going the opposite direction. Show the way. Preach the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. The most loving thing you could ever do for somebody is share the gospel with them. Show the way. The second thing, don't be ashamed of the way. Jesus himself said, I am the way. There's no other way. You can't get to the Father except through me. Yes, Christianity is exclusive. Yes, anybody can come to Christ. The the free message of the gospel is out there. Absolutely. But it is only those who place their faith in Christ. Don't be ashamed of that. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven. Don't you dare be ashamed of that. Are people going to say things about you? Probably. It's okay. But hold on to those convictions. Hold on to the truth of God. Make sure that you are anchored in the scriptures. Do not give in to to the, the pressures of our culture. Don't be ashamed. Proclaim it. Preach it. Live it out. Don't be ashamed. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Christ, or if you're kind of thinking, man, I don't know, stop and and examine if you are on the right path. Stop and examine your life. You see, Jesus, when he says he is the way, the truth, and the life, it's also an invitation to you. It's an invitation to follow. It's an invitation to get on the narrow road, the road that leads to forgiveness, the road that leads to freedom, the road that leads to restoration, reconciliation, the road that leads to a new purpose and a new life, eternal life. That's an invitation for you today. Would you today follow the way. Would you today place your faith in Christ? Would you today repent of your sin and place your faith in Christ? Don't place your faith on your good works, on being a good person, on simply just checking the box and going to church. Religion doesn't save you. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you do that today? I promise if you commit your life to Christ, man, you are a new person, new creation, radical transformation in your life. And what I want to do is I just want to pray for you for just a moment. And as I'm praying for you, uh, would you right there where you are uh, in your heart, out loud, whatever it is, say, God, I think I've been going the wrong way. But today I make a commitment to turn around, to turn around from the path I was going, the direction I was going, 
I repent of my sin. I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I place my faith in you. I place my trust in you. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's not Jesus plus good works. Jesus plus church is Jesus alone. Would you tell him, Jesus, I place my trust in you alone. And I commit to following you all the days of my life, to persevering even when times get tough, that I'll never abandon you. Would you pray and commit your life to Christ? Would you make that genuine heartfelt commitment to Jesus, who is the way, who is the truth, and who is the life? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. God, thank you for sending your son to make a way where there is no way, to giving us life when we were spiritually dead, for being the truth when we were living a lie. Because of your son, Jesus, we now have hope, true hope, saving hope. And God, I pray for anyone listening to this message today, God, that you would work in their heart, that you would cause them to be born again, a new birth, make them alive through the power of your spirit. That today marks a day when they went from darkness to light, from hopelessness to hopefulness. God, I pray for those who are in you. Would you give them great passion, great zeal to show the way? We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. And if you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this podcast with your friends and your family so they can be encouraged and inspired as they seek Jesus. Again, thank you so much for listening.